calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's Partner Plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Nutrisystem, Inc. Hi, Dave. Hi, Eric. Hey, Dave. Do we curse on this podcast? Yes, Eric. Yes, we do. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Dave, and I'm your host. And Eric has today off, which is why I'm doing the intro. Um, But fear not, everybody, because we do have a special guest, and it is an awesome special guest. Uh, You may know him from his voyages in the Saurian 2, landing in such places as Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and Bar Wrestling. He is one half of the tag team known as the Rockness Monsters. Our guest this week is Yuma. Thank you for having me. Welcome aboard. Thanks for for joining us on the show this week. Um, How goes things, man? Things are good, man. Things are good. Uh, You know, we're kicking off the Rocknest 10th anniversary tour. We've been a tag team for 10 years, been all around the world and around the galaxy, and we want to add a couple more stops. So we're ready to work hard. Right on. Um, I I love telling the story about our kind of how we met, (laughs) but specifically how we met through toys, like, that goes back to Bodie Rook. <laughs> yeah, no, that those that you know when Rogue One. So when Rogue One came out, I was um, in. I had just started wrestling for CPW. Well, yeah, and uh, technically it was my evil clone, but his memories are my memories. It's crazy, bro. Uh, but yeah, Rogue One had just come out, and the toys were like fantastic. And there was this wave towards the end there, like that came out post December. It came out like February, but it never actually hit. And so I was, like, struggling to get some of the really cool brand-new characters that had awesome figures, and I could not find Bodie Rook anywhere. And he was, like, the last main guy on the Rogue One team. He was Rogue One. I had everybody but the pilot, and I was, like, stressed out about it. And then you and your brother happened to come through for me, and you guys got it, and I think you gave it to Sky, right? Yeah, I gave it to Sky. Guy had brought the United TV title to defend against David Starr at CCW, and uh, and you made the handoff, and that made it back safely to me here in California, and uh, and it, and it was it was just great, you know, like because I don't like shopping online, I I hate it, it takes the thrill of the hunt away, 
but that hunt was was dead. <laughs> there was no way it was not going to hit retail. There was no intentions of it. They never did. Well, actually, what's weird is it did. I'm lying. It hit once, and I found everyone in the wave except for him. So someone took like the one Bodie, and I was like livid. And then you came through and saved the day. I saw three of them that one day. I'm like, you still need this, right? And then. <laughs> And you were like, yeah, can you give it to Scorpio Sky? And I'm like, I will absolutely do that. I'll be there this weekend. And, um, yeah. And yeah, that worked out perfect, man. It was your savior. And honestly, that's still, that's one of the best um, Hasbro figures to come out since the Disney purchase of Star Wars. There's been a lot of great figures, especially in that scale and in that simple style. But that's one of the best because, I mean, everything about him was completely unique. And Star Wars isn't known for reusing parts. Typically, everyone has a unique mold. But his stuff was real special. And his accessory, a lot of people came with weird stuff they don't use. But his accessory was, like, film accurate. It was awesome. It's it's a great-looking figure. And that's that's the kind of shame of that line disappearing. That, that kind of, like, basic... I want to say it's like a five-point-of-articulation line, but that's... Yeah. It's the classic scale, you know, 3.75 inch, and then the little limited articulation, which, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. Like, I like that. I have an imagination. Sure, I would take some elbow joints and knee joints, maybe a ball joint shoulder, but that's all I need. That's all I've ever needed to have fun. I don't, I don't need the super articulated stuff. And on that smaller scale, a lot of times it looks like trash. There's a set out right now at Target. And it's Luke in his Dagobah fatigues, you know, and it comes with a Vader whose helmet breaks apart to show Luke's face. Comes with an amazing Yoda. So two of those figures are amazing. And then Luke has these, like, overly jointed, bare, muscular arms that look like garbage. And, and people are passing on it as a result. I just saw it. It's weird. Um, I think, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I think our, um, my brother just picked that up. It's on our Instagram. I think he took some pictures of it. But, um... Yeah, it's the Yoda's fantastic though. That is that's probably one of the best Yodas I've seen in ages. I think it's the best Yoda in that scale ever by far. And then depending on how uh, depending on what comes out in the Black series cuz those get better and better. That's just not my my forte, but that's definitely the best Yoda in the small scale by far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's such a good figure. Um I've actually been thinking about I, every time i see them i look at them they remind me of like old old wwe hasbros but i i i love that galaxy of adventures line i'm thinking of hopping in oh dude you should so that was the that was the you know me i like to hunt and i like to hunt like a week or two before and see whatever early stuff gets put out that i can get away with mm-hmm. um just a little extra excitement and something i already love doing and i went to cole's the day before an entire day before force friday uh, no, it was the Wednesday before. It was two days before. And uh, and sure enough, they had the Galaxy Adventure figures. And I really like stylized stuff. I like when properties I like are taken and twisted into just, a, you know, someone else's drawing of them. Whether it be like anime style or like chibi or even like super gross out. But this is just like a really cool like cartoon style. And the figures themselves are fantastic. It's kind of sad that they are not selling well. I mean, they're sitting everywhere. Not all of them. You can't find Finn real easily, but I mean, like, the Troopers are sitting, Kylo is sitting, Ray is sitting, but, like, some of the more unique ones, like Chewbacca, 
those are selling well, but I love them. I got the Jet Trooper and the Finn, and their articulation is awesome. It's not too much. Uh, they look good. The paint is good. And they have action features, which I hate, but they're very subtle. There's no buttons, and you can avoid them completely while playing. Yeah, and the other thing that I was looking at, too, is that it is a brand new line. It's It's a jumping off point, which I think is, unless you've been collecting Star Wars forever, which... For me, it, it was always a difficult thing because there's just so much. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a lot of the Return of the Jedi era figures from when I was when I was a kid. So we're talking uh-huh. like proper Return of the Jedi with the lightsaber arms and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool jumping in point because it's it's new. The only thing the only thing that's. It, and it is cool because it's not often we get a brand new like style mm-hmm. and, it, and it's brand new. It's only, it's five inch. So it's not even like in scale with anything else they've done, which bothered a lot of people. But I mean, I think it's neat. And other than like the really gimmicky ones for kids, like the ones that you uh, take apart and can put back together differently. This is the first really new one in, in decades. And, or, well, I guess since the black series in 2013. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, you're right. It's cool to jump off, but I'm just I'm worried that they're not going to keep it going because it's just not selling well. Mm-hmm. And then, it you know, it kind of makes you wonder, are the regular um, the regular kind of classic size, the three and three quarters going to come back? I, I think they have to. I think they were taking maybe a little break because so many sold so poorly, ended up on clearance, ended up being at the 99 cent store, which is awesome, by the way. Uh, um, you know, I think they just didn't sell as well. Toys R Us clothing changed a lot, but you would think they would pull back entirely and not take a new risk. So it's really weird to me, and I'm sad. I'm genuinely sad. Like, I'm super sad that I don't have any of my classic scale from these new characters. Like, uh, the vintage collection I like, but it costs more, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Some of them have the, they're overly articulated. So far, I've gotten Zori Bliss. And one of the Knights of Ren, and those are fantastic. But, you know, I don't see me getting everyone from the new movie like I normally like to, because I don't know if they're all going to translate well in that super articulated style. Uh, so I'm bummed, but I'm, but I'm also being patient, because I think they will come around and they'll hit that simple style again. It's just so weird with it being the last movie of this saga. You would think they would have at least just done all these new movies. Like, why skip this movie? But we also don't know. They could be hitting in the spring to yeah. carry over for the fact that there is no new movie coming. That's true. Because they're gonna need to fill. They're gonna need to fill these gaps. They filled the gaps from you know, post Clone Wars animated series to Force Awakens with just rehashes over and over and over. And they sat. They didn't sell because it's like, well, I already have Jango Fett. Why do I need this one? Oh, Obi Wan comes with a battle droid. Like, cool, but I already have one of each of those. Like, so yeah, it's 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 funky, but I'm but I, I think I'm just gonna hold out hope that you know in the spring we're gonna get a big drop of that, celebrating both Rise of Skywalker and um, uh, the Mandalorian, because the Mandalorian is gonna be in the vintage scale as well, the the super articulated, and I'm all in on that. But those don't come out till May, and I'm already hooked now. So I ended up actually getting. Black Series figures, which I never do unless they're gifts. Okay, that was going to be my next question, is where do you sit on the Black Series stuff? Uh, I love it, but as a guy who likes to display as much as he can, 
um, it's hard. They're big, you know? It's the same reason I don't have much of my wrestling stuff out. That six-inch scale is just, it's big, you know? They're sturdier. They're easier to, to display, but you run out of room quick. And as good as some of these blacks, I mean, I've passed on gorgeous figures that I love and would love to have, but I'm sometimes I'm just like, you know what? It's 20 bucks. That was another thing too, you know, me, I got a, you know, I got a kid and, and a family and I can't really spoil myself like I could in the past. So for me, it was like, okay, do I get this really dope black series figure or do I get two, maybe even three of my like preferred style in the five point with those being seven ninety nine, you know, it's almost a wash. Why not just get three? Yeah. But yeah, I feel like for me, that's the reason why I never got into the Black Series is just because there's so much and they're all great. And they're like, it's it's such a black hole of of stuff that you could fall into because you can't when figures are that awesome, pick and choose. It's really hard. Oh, definitely. And like there's characters I don't even, you know, that aren't even near my favorites, but their figure is so good. Like. Because I love toys. Obviously, I love characters, but I love toys. So when toys are super good, like, it, it makes me want them. Like, I really like um, Admiral Holdo, Laura Dern's character in Last Jedi, uh, the one that, like, most people hated. Um, I thought she was great. Fantastic and, character. Awesome character. Yeah. And her Black Series figure is out of this world. It's got, like, one of the best uses of soft goods I've ever seen. Her face was on point with the digital printing. Like, it looks like Laura Dern. The hair purple, the purple hair is perfect. But I was just like, I mean, that's a gorgeous figure. And I was like, but how the, what the hell am I going to do? Just have her yell at my Poe figure? And I don't think they made her in three and three quarters. No, they didn't, which bummed me out. Because I definitely would have put her with my General Leia. Like, yeah. So it's a, it's a bummer that some characters get skipped over and like, you know, or because they weren't popular. I, I don't know. It's, sometimes it's frustrating who gets a figure and who doesn't. Star Wars has always been pretty good about making damn near everybody, but we still have a lot to go, especially from these new movies and especially in that scale. Yeah. So hopefully they come back to it. I think they will. They're going to have to fill the gaps and I don't know if they'll just focus on the vintage line because it's, you know, 1199 compared to 799. Eventually, you know, with, with the tariffs and everything, Instead of prices going up, that might be why they're just going to sell their higher their higher margin figures. You know, it's got a higher price. I'm sure it doesn't cost much more. So that might be why they're focusing on it, too, is because of all the, the trade shit. Yeah. I don't know. Now, another thing that I think, and we talked about this with just the idea of loving toys, is your retro shelves. And you've put the retro shelves up on social media recently. Yeah. And they're fantastic because it, it not only takes me back, but it it's a way to kind of see that how toys have kind of evolved almost in some form or fashion. Oh, definitely. I mean, my retro shelves are some of my favorite. And I would say out of the two I posted, probably 95 plus percent of each are my originals from my childhood. Okay. Um, I've I've, I've all, the, that is not like re-gotten stuff. That's my stuff from my childhood. The lunch boxes that have more toys inside them, mind you. Uh, the lunch boxes are all original. I carried them to kindergarten every day. Uh, you know, my uh, I think my very first lunch box was my X-Men one. And then I think I had a Monsters in My Pocket one for first grade. It might have been flip-flops. I have to check my kindergarten photo where I'm holding 
No, yeah, I'm holding my Xbox lunch, my X, uh, my X Men. I hate Xbox. Um, <laughs> my X Men lunch box and my Ken Griffey Jr. folder. Nice. So, so yeah, like those are my like original things. I I can tell you right off the bat, the only things that are that I've gotten recently are um, the Waterworld figures. I passed on those as a kid and always regretted it. Uh-huh. Um, and I got those real cheap on eBay recently in the box. I got to open them and everything. Oh, very uh, cool. And then um, uh, the Beetlejuice figure I got recently at a toy shop. It was just too good of a price. It had all his swords. His head was still fit on nice and tight. So I got that one. And then a couple of the monsters in my pockets I've gotten recently. Because I never had all of Series 1, and I really want to complete it. So uh, one of my buddies that goes to bar wrestling all the time, we did a little trade. And I uh, was able to get a hold of some of the ones I'm missing. And I'm almost done with Series 1. I don't even think I'm going to try on Series 2 and definitely not on Series 3 because they're so hard to come by. But, you know, if I see Series 2 ones when I'm out in the wild at swap meet stuff, I'll grab them. You know, they're always pennies. They're cheap. No one knows what they are. Um, but, yeah, man, that's what I love those shelves because that is my that is my life. That is my 30-plus years of, of toys. And that's not even close to all of them. Those are just the most fun ones that I know my son likes to look at, some of my favorites. And, uh, and, you know, you're right. It shows the progression of how toys used to be, you know, really squat and stout with wide legs or, and, and overly buff to stuff that, you know, has almost no articulation to, to like mini rubber figures, you know, it really goes the spectrum of how toys have been since my childhood and how they've changed. And I love looking at them, especially the colors, man. Our childhoods were very, very, very vibrant. And and I love it. Lots of loud colors in the eighties and the early nineties for sure. Oh yeah. One of the ones that I love looking at, because I never knew anyone else that had it, um, was Mask. I loved the cartoon. I had a lot of the toys. I destroyed a lot of them. Um, I wish I still had them, but they were, like, I beat them up. I'll tell you what, those are two of the ones that are brand new for me. I never had Mask at all. I knew about it, because I had some... uh... These two neighbor boys, Jimmy and Jason, they lived three houses down from me, and they would babysit me sometimes. And they, they always had really cool toys. They were probably three years older than my sister, so like five, six years older than me. Um, and they had masks, and they I remember they always had Lego, like the best Lego shit. Like uh, they had the uh, space, the electro, and the magnetic stuff. Like they had like the actual monorail that worked. So they always had dope toys. And they had masks, but I never did. Because I was only into pretty much, you know, dinosaurs and, and Ninja Turtles at that time. Like, because those were already gone uh, by the time I started really collecting. I think that line died out in maybe 88. Yeah, around, I around that. I think 88 or 89. And I my first collection of stuff was 89 uh, Turtles. So, but they had them still and I played with them, but I never owned them. Same with Dino Riders. I never owned them, but one of my older friends had a bunch and I would play with them at his house. So I've been trying to accrue those, but the Floyd Malloy in my collection, I actually got from my older, my, my brother-in-law, my wife's older brother. He had given just like, a, you know, like a, a little shoebox of Hot Wheels to my son, and there was two Floyd Malloys in there. And I was like, huh, what is this from? Like, this looks familiar, but why does it have knee joints? That's what got me thinking. I was like, why does it have elbow and knee joints at this scale? What is this? What is this? What am I thinking of? And then, so I just looked him up real quick, and I asked somebody on Twitter just to verify, and sure enough, it was Mask, and I was like, holy shit, why don't I own all of these? <laughs> they were awesome, and that was one of the really cool things, was 
at such a small figure they did articulate. They had so many, so much movement to them because you had to get them on or in the vehicles. Yeah, they had to fit in like a little helicopter or like a billboard that turned into a motorcycle. And you're right, they had great articulation for the size. It was a two-inch scale, uh, which mo- recently uh, Marvel had done that. It had started with the Guardians of the Galaxy 1 movie. They had a little two-inch scale that had little vehicles, and I loved it. I have so many of them. That's like one of my favorite lines in recent years, and then they ended it after Age of Ultron because nobody bought those. But that's because that movie was fun, and nobody wanted anything from it. So I'm pissed because I really, really thought when Rogue One came out, since it's all Hasbro, I was like, whoa, since this is a different movie, it's not an episode, what if they do a different toy line for it? So I really thought they would jump into that two-inch uh, microverse is what they called it, I think, uh, or miniverse. And I really was hoping they were going to do that for Rogue One. Like, slightly bigger than Action Fleet ships. Because like, I have the Milano from Guardians, and it's awesome. It's such a cool toy. It fits, uh, fits like one figure in it, but it's great. So those are the closest thing to Mask that I feel like we've gotten in, in, in a, ever. <laughs> Yeah, um, those, and I like them too because they were kind of like, they had a part Transformer vibe to them, but they had, they were masked. So me being the wrestling fan that I was when I was a kid, I was like, this is cool too because it's, it's kind of got that, you know, like the demolition vibe to it. Yeah, no, and the helmets are super cool. That's the only thing that's bumming me out when I find them loose. Of course, they never have their helmets. They're in a pile on the ground on a blanket next to auto parts <laughs> out of swap meat. But I found some pretty mint ones, and I, I think I paid like a dollar for them. So like nobody really knows. Same with same with my battle bees. I think I got three for a dollar at the swap meet. I found a new lady that's that's from Mexico. She has no idea what any of her stuff is, and uh, you know she sells it dirt cheap. She just like she just wants it gone, and she's always got new stuff. <laughs> and the battle bee stuff, it was like the the coolest like rock paper scissors of all time because it yeah, was see, again. Another line I didn't do, but man, like how cool to have a toy that's also a game, like yeah. without any without any stupid buttons or springs or anything. It's just a toy, and it's like, hey, it also is this. It was like a heat, like a heat related yeah. hologram. Um, one of mine, I think, like my armadillo or that I got or something. It it still works. All the others, the sticker's been peeled off, but that one still works, and it was water. It's fire, water, and wood. Yeah. <laughs> like, wood? <laughs> and the beauty of Battle Beast is, and me and one of the cameramen from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, my buddy Shano, uh, he wasn't really into him. I posted one. He's like, yo, what the hell are those? And so I sent him a link to the list of all of them, and they've made every damn animal that's ever walked to Earth. Like, the most random animals. There's an echidna. There's a, there was, a uh, like, a like a particular type of squid. Like, they would put arms and armor on any animal, and I love it. The first one I found was a koala, and I was like, this is the best. Yeah, they were insane. And it was one of those toys I remember I found one time, and then I never saw again. Like, I I've got a couple packs of them, and I just never saw it in the stores again. See, and those are ones I never, ever remember seeing in stores. I remember early, early childhood at KB seeing masks, and seeing Dino Riders, like, towards its tail end, on clearance especially, um, you know, in the baskets, in those white metal baskets, the little round ones that would sit in the middle of the store. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they'd they'd be in there. So I remember those, but I I don't think I've ever seen a carded Battle Beast figure in my life in person. Um, I I certainly don't remember it, but I I I remember I I remember that they existed and that I bought them, but I couldn't tell you what the card looked like. Yeah, and I I can't even picture them where they bubbled like, and I could look it up, but but it's like, oh. Uh, I want to um, I want to say they were like muscle or monster in my pocket in a way, but see, I can't picture them being like looseish like that. They're so sturdy and wide. So another thing that kind of ties into that style of figure, um, or at least for me, and I think it's a super fascinating thing that you've done, and um, pretty awesome to be honest, uh, is you've made your own figures. And like little kind of mini, those mini scale toys that are along the lines of like a muscle or a monster in my pocket. Yeah. Like what gave you the idea to do that and how, how, how did it turn out? How, I mean, I've seen the pictures of the Saurian 2, which is your intergalactic shuttle. And, um, also of what, um, he was like the little eyeball guy. Um, but I forget his name. Well, well, let's do this. Since this is more about toys than it is about pro wrestling, let's let's break character. Let's let me be Andrew for a sec. So originally, I wanted to make some merchandise for Vermin, and I wanted something that nobody else was doing. I was like, man, like, and and you know me, my favorite thing is toys. And I was like, what if I make what if I make toys? And I just started collecting this line of toys called Mutant Mania. They were these like wacky like. Like, imagine if Ninja Turtles had a pro wrestling league. Well, it did, actually. Uh, yes. But in the in the comics, it did. Um. So, but take that and, like, kind of give it some gross out, you know, some boogers, some snot, some, some, like, you know, bulging eyes. It was a really cool line. And then there was just this rat that was just had the, the best-looking head. I was like, whoa. And the thing with these was they had a weird rubber, like, not an O-ring. It was like, uh, it was almost like a little just like a little peg, but it was flexible and you would put the lower legs and then the torso and then the head on it and you could swap them however you want. And I loved it. And then I started looking on Instagram. I looked up bootleg toys because one of the guys I followed um, made them, but his were all like, you know, just modding old Star Wars figures, you know, using vintage parts and making new characters and then casting them and reproducing and selling, you know, 50 of them, whatever. So I looked at his stuff and I asked him some questions and uh he wasn't very helpful and then so i just looked at people he followed and i found a guy uh named um dollar slice bootlegs and i asked him just a few questions and he was completely helpful and i was like you know what i'm gonna give this a try i'm gonna make a little rat figure to sell at shows and i'm gonna put it in a little box and i was like i'm gonna make some of them solid colors with a mist like you know blind box and then I was like, I'm going to fully paint some and charge a little more for those. And that's still my method. Um, so what I did is I took uh, three different pieces from three different of the mutants and I cobbled them together into being um, a little rat wearing a denim vest and shorts, just like Vermin Johnny Yuma. And I named him Pee Wee Vermin. And I did a little bit of modding to the back to fill in the gap where the weird like rubber part was. And so I put a little work into it. And with a lot of trial and error, I ended up making a ton of them that came out 
awesome and I was super proud and they sold like crazy. I sold, I think I sold, um, like 24 of them on the very first day. Um, you know, not a big profit margin, especially with all the trial and error and the wasting of materials. And then I, my son was born and with all the chemicals and stuff, I just kind of had to stop. And then when we had changed everything about Rockness, I was like, I was like, you can't be about space and not have toys. And I thought, what it was my probably favorite line of toys ever growing up, micro machines. And I was like, I have to make us a micro machine of our ship. And I'd already sketched out how I wanted our ship to look. I wanted it to look like a Loch Ness monster. You know, I wanted it to look like a plesiosaur with a long neck, four fins, and a small head. It's, it's so super I, unique. Super unique look. And I, and I think if you put it next to like a plesiosaur, you would get it. You'd be like, oh, I see it now. It's shaped like that dinosaur. And so, and I did that using pieces of some of my favorite chips, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of grinding, sanding, modding, just retooling. And I had a brand new, awesome looking ship. And I tell you what, I couldn't have picked a more difficult shape to make. <laughs> the venting required to make sure I didn't have air bubbles, getting that neck to fill in the mold. I I went through a lot of materials trying to get that right. But man, once I had it, I was so proud. And then I was like, well, shoot, what are they going to shoot at? Nothing. So then I decided to design a ship for vermin as well. And that's where the pest fighter came in, in my new two pack of ships with where you get a plain gray, sorry, and two, and then a solid black uh, vermin pest fighter. And I love them. I'm so proud of them. I really am. And I'm still missing a tool that will help me get next level, which is why I haven't made the figures of, uh, me and BHK yet. I have the original wax sculpts that my father-in-law did. He used to be a sculptor for Gentle Giant, animator for DreamWorks and Warner Brothers before that. So he's like, he's the fucking man. He is just the coolest and the best, most talented dude. And so we've got these little figures that I'm going to make, but I'm still missing one tool. And if I would have had it, it probably would have made the ships even better, but I'm proud of them. Same with my alien. Uh, his name is High Beam, the eyeball. Yeah. That was me. I got inspired by a He-Man character that someone made for a contest and it never got made into a figure. And I love eyeballs. I always have. Um, I just think it's, they're just really cool looking and they make me think of the 90s. You know, things just had bulging eyes. You think about mad balls. You think about Toxie's eye bulging out. So I decided to make us a little alien friend. So I made the, the bloodshot brawler from outer space high beam. So a little bit of a weed joke uh, and mostly just an eyeball with a knife. Yeah, but they, I mean, they turned out fantastic. I, I thought. I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were really cool. Um, so is that something that you're, you're, obviously you're still going to be doing it? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, the figures are going to be next. Uh, they're going to be fully painted and they're going to be only available as a two pack. You don't get to pick which one of us you like more. <laughs> You you either like you either like Rockness or you don't, um, and then they each are gonna come with. I made a uh, an alien thug uh, to go with to go with them. So every every pack will be uh, a figure of me and a figure of BHK, and then they'll come with a uh, randomly packed uh, alien uh, Lagartisan thug. It's a race of reptilian aliens that speak Spanish. Now, are they going to be the same size as High Beam, or are they going to be more? No, the, oh, so the figures are, um, I think, just like two and a half inches, just below three. High Beam is like an inch and a half, 
And then the thugs are all uh, just bootleg monster in my pockets. So they're all about the same as high beams. So they're, they're diminutive compared to us, but they're still a threat. Okay, so you guys are going to be in that, like, mask size. Yeah, but a little thicker. Like, imagine if, if, if muscles were just, like, a little bigger. Like, we're not quite Dekakeshi, and we're not Chibi Keshi. We're, like, right in between standard muscles and the Deka size, which are about four inches. So we're, okay. like, kind of in the middle. And, you know, I, I gave my father-in-law some reference figures, and, you know, he was just like, you know what, I can't really sculpt as tiny as I used to. I'm going to do my best. And I was like, brother, I'm thankful for anything. And they came out great. I love them. And they're unique, you know? They're our scale. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's that's awesome. So definitely everybody be on the lookout for those when you go to either Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or Bar Wrestling. Definitely. I, I, I want to I get them out, you know, by before the spring. They should have been done already, but, you know, we had a lot of stuff with a move, and I've been dealing with a lot of stuff from a car accident, so it's just a lot of stuff got in the way, and it really bums me out because I wanted them ready for our 10th anniversary tour. Um, but we're going to do those, and then also my biggest undertaking is I'm making articulated uh, Kenner scale figures of me and BHK in our outfits that we wore returning from space, the more... The more uh, like cargo cargo look with the uh, with the sleeves and stuff like that. So yeah, so I have uh, some five point of articulation figures of us coming out as well. But that's going to be my biggest undertaking by far. Uh, that's awesome stuff. That's I- I'm looking forward to seeing all of that once they're finished. Because um, it's definitely something I enjoy, kind of looking at the in progress stuff on uh, social media. So that's that's super cool. Yeah, and I love sharing that. I love sharing that too. You know, it's, it's fun to see the process. And if it wasn't for a guy like dollar slice bootlegs posting his process, I would have never been able to like, you know, reverse engineer my own stuff. Cause I was too afraid to ask questions. So I made, you know, I had gotten some stuff done just from watching their process backwards. And then I finally got the, you know, the guts to ask, Hey man, I need help. And he helps, he's helped me so much since then. So, you know, I'm really grateful cause it's an artistic community but there is money. Some people, this is their only job is making toys. So they got to be very protective, but some of the guys are still so helpful and, and, and it's great. You know, I, I really appreciate it. And I don't think my, uh, two pack of ships would have come out as well as they did without some help. So kind of transitioning from that into wrestling. Now I know we're mostly a toy podcast, but, um, there's still gotta be a ton of fascinating stuff that you have just from, from your career. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, my wife gets a little mad. You know, I, I wouldn't call me a hoarder. I'm a collector. Um, you can walk on my floor. There's not stuff everywhere, but, um, uh, you know, I, I've never gotten rid of a single piece of wrestling gear that I've owned. Um, it's all very important to me. There's memories attached to every single pair of tights, no matter how ugly, no matter how poorly they fit, you know, it doesn't matter. There's a memory on, on every single one of them. So I've got all of those. I, I, I've never gotten rid of a pair of gear, including my very, very original Johnny Mahalo debut shorts, which were not even close to what I designed. It's, I swear to God, it's the ugliest damn gear on the planet. Someone described it as a uh, doink goes to the beach. So <laughs> Take that for what you will. They're awful. They're hideous and they're put away, but I'm not going to ever get rid of them. And then I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, I have a vest, my denim vest. I used to, um, after I would work, uh, for a new company, I would always write that company on there. So it's, it's, it's covered. 
Uh, Giancarlo was there when I added CZW to the uh, to the vest, and um, you know that's really special to me. It's 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 been around the world, literally. You know, uh, I, I even brought it to Japan. I didn't wear it, but I brought it, and you know, it's been to Mexico. It's it's been everywhere I've been, and it's it's fun to have that. And, and you know, I've got my Ribera jacket that you know me and Kevin got. Uh, we were taken to uh, Ribera by Kikutaro, and you know. When you go there on your own, sometimes you don't get a jacket, whatever. But when you have the like referral, basically, of, of a respected Japanese wrestler, when they say, hey, these Americans are good, uh, take care of them. You know, we got fed and, and we got jackets. And so I've never worn it out. I think I put it on just the day I got it. And, I was, and that's in my closet. And I'll never get rid of that either. A lot of people have kind of sullied the joy and the specialness of getting a Ribera jacket. But, you know. You know, we worked our butts off and we had the respect of, you know, DDT owner, uh, the head of DDT at the time was Takagi and, um, and Kikutaro. And they were like, hey, take care of these Americans. They're really good. And, you know, so that felt good. Felt like I earned it. That's awesome. That's I mean, that's kind of the best kind of memories is just the stuff that you've that's kind of gone down the road with you, I feel. Yeah. Um. All right, we're going to wrap up with just kind of the last thing, and it's something that I know we both absolutely have in common. Um, I know you're a big Disney Park guy, too. Um, any any cool stuff from as far as, like, what you, you know, any cool uh, souvenirs or anything like that that you collect from, from the parks as well? Like, for me, it's, I have, from East Coast Disney, we have the Magic Bands, which are kind of like oh, the... Yeah the park tickets i have uh i i have like a uh kind of linked up like i i just kind of wrap them around each other so i have like almost like a large belt of magic band that's super cool because i know they just came out with mandalorian ones like there's so many cool ones and i i mean like is that is without saying the price is that an expensive hobby because they look fancy they look high tech i mean the big thing is they're your they're your hotel key so you get one every time. Like you can purchase more. Like I got a, a Chewbacca and Porg one last time, but ultimately you get one, just like a solid color one every time you stay. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a cool thing to collect. I mean, we don't have those here. I like that. That's something unique to your side. You know, I mean, for me, like we started doing some of the popcorn buckets. Uh. Some of the cooler cups, like the BB-8 one that came out in 2015, is awesome. Like it's it's just like super detailed. It's weathered and aged, like he's been in the desert of Jakku. Like it's it's great. It's like a toy almost. Um, we have some of those. Uh, our my wife's big collection is the Disney Sum Sums, the little stuffed uh, bean shaped ones that you stack. Uh, we like those and the little rubber ones that they used to sell at Target and, and everywhere. They would do blind bags. I'd open them with my son. You know, that's our main Disney thing. But, you know, I've got some stuff like um, I have this cool Disney afternoon pin that I got in, geez, probably 93 or something. One of the, one of my earlier trips to, the, to Disneyland because my mom is from Orange County. And she has a friend that was one of the is, – is still one of the heads of pyrotechnics there. Um, and so, like, you know, we got hooked up sometimes when I was a kid. And randomly, we won three different sweepstakes to Disneyland. We won one from Vaughn's, we won one from Vons, which was a grocery store out here. 
Uh, I won in the magazine drive once, and then we won another one from the same Vaughn. <laughs> so it, it was just, it's a trip. Oh, no, that's right. One was from Vaughn, two were from magazine drives. And so, you know, it, it was, it was, it was just weird. And I have, uh, I have a toy still. It's a Star Wars toy that I got at the Star Tours shop. I have a blaster that I got there when I was really, I think when we went, when I was in second grade. And on that same trip, I got this book and I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's black and gold on the front and it's just about everything Star Wars from behind the scenes stuff to like a huge chunk on merchandise. And for me as a like seven year old, that was my first look ever at the vintage figures. I don't know if you remember that big yellow back display of every figure that they made for, for in the vintage line. Yes. Uh, it was that it was that one that was on the back of something. So that was a two page spread in the book. And it told you who every character was. And I lost my mind. That was my Bible as a kid. Like I would stare at that two page like thing over and over and over. So that's probably honestly my favorite piece of anything I've ever gotten at Disney. And I probably could have gotten it at Walden books or something. But I got it there, and it and it's still with me. It's on my shelf right now, and, and I love it. And you know, hopefully, my son had some. We go to Disneyland a lot, not as much as we used to, but we've gone a lot, and he loves it. And I really hope he, you know, has some treasured memories and some stuff because you know we buy him stuff, and and he likes it. He plays with it. Oh, I just thought of something else. I have still the original decoder card for Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. When the when the ride first opened, the line was like super interactive, and AT and T home phone service at the time <laughs> had a uh, had these cards you could get if you went to one of their locations or whatever. And we knew we were going to Disneyland. Uh, Indiana Jones was opening like a couple days before that, and so we went and we got the cards, um, and because we had AT and T, so we got the cards when my dad went to pay the bill or whatever, and it has a decoder. So you can read all the hidden messages in line at the uh, on the ride, and it, it's crazy. And what sucked is like the main big chunk. All it did was tell you to get AT and T for your local and long distance. As <laughs> like the uh, Christmas story, drink your Ovaltine. Dude, it was. It was literally drink your Ovaltine, but in the coolest like line queue ever. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, that's one of the the rides that last time I was out there, I was like, this is. Or the first time I had gone out there since I had seen Indiana Jones, I, I love that ride. That's fantastic. I heard I, they're going to revamp it for uh, ahead of the fifth movie coming out, so I can't wait because I I was hoping they would add maybe like a minecart coaster like the one in Europe. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I I don't know what. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they don't change the ride too much because I love it. Yeah, it's great. The thing I got to see at some point is uh, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> oh, not, you've never. Been on- not during Halloween, no. And I love Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. Oh yeah, dude, that that that's money. It's so fun. It is so cool. Like it, it just is. It just works, and it's great, and it's fun. And uh, you know, my son loves it. He loves to see Santa Jack, as he calls him. So yeah, you definitely got to get out here between Halloween and Christmas because it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's on the list. It's something I got to do. Um, all right. Well, thank you, thank you for uh, being on the show. Um, Anything uh, coming up in the month of December that we've got to look out for where we can find you? Well, you can find me on December 19th at the absolute very first showing of The Rise of Skywalker. I will be seeing that with my wife and my homies, especially the big homie Watts. 
Um, we're going to be there. But before that, I should probably mention that Rocknest Monsters are heading to China. We're landing the Saurian 2 in Shenzhen, China for Middle Kingdom Wrestling's biggest show of the year, Bash at the Bay 2. We're going to be in tag team action in China, making our Chinese debut. This company's awesome. Independent wrestling is super small there still, but it's growing and they're on the forefront and we're really excited to be a part of that. Very cool. All right. Um, well, thank you. And we'll keep an eye out for championship wrestling from Hollywood and bar wrestling as well. Oh, yes. And then, of course, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Yumabuma, Y-U-M-A-B-O-O-M-A. And then you can also check out my son's meme page, My Son the Meme, all one word on Instagram. All right. Thank you very much. And we'll uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime. We'll do a part two. I hope we do. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.